The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. AJ Abergarth could not be with us tonight, so in his place, good old trusty old friend of the show, Michael Tomlin, is joining us. What's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for coming back and, and helping out. You're, uh, you know, enjoy having you on here. So give you a call and, and, and you're able to jump on tonight. I'm, I'm glad for that. So uh, before we get moving here, <laughs> excuse me, real quick, uh, just remind everybody to subscribe and follow to us on YouTube, Periscope, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, wherever you listen, go, you know, the support is greatly appreciated. So click those, click those buttons, guys. Um, man, you know, we haven't had like a real newsy segment in a while, but uh, this is like, it's actually needed this week for the first time in forever. It feels like, you know, I've kind of been able to mix in a lot of the news stuff within like the topics, but these things are just kind of standalone items here. And, and, uh, you know, obviously last week COVID really shook up everything, man. People were on, you know, standing on their toes, waiting to see what was going to happen. Obviously the Titans game got, got postponed. Uh, now we're here and there's even more <laughs> more covid with titans and uh an article came out today you know you you sent me the link from espn but i'm sure it was covered a whole bunch of other places they actually held a workout last week when they were supposed to be shut down like how moronic do you have to be to do something like that i mean I, you know there's been talks amongst the fantasy six pack staff that, and I think Jeff, you were the one leading it. Our, our producer here was the one like, they've got to get punished. I mean, there's just no way around it. You know, they've got to get, you know, there was talk that like they might f- be forced to forfeit the bills game. I'm not sure if that's really right, but yeah, Jonathan Chan also was, was in on those conversations big time, but I mean, I don't know, Michael, like, what do you think about all this? I mean, what do we do with the Titans, you know, or in the NFL in general? Like, we're seeing this kind of be not treated as seriously across the league, it feels like. Yeah, when it's the one guy, like the camp situation, it was the one guy, although now Gilmore. Now Gilmore and probably Mahomes coming soon. Yeah, then then the picture (laughs) comes out. Of them, their little, oh, I like the entire team. I made sure they were going to walk out to Mahomes Uh, after the game. Hey, man. Yeah. Yeah, just breathing <laughs> on him. But it's one thing when it happens, they get the guy away, he's in quarantine, whatever. But when your team go, goes directly against the orders from the NFL of staying away from each other and holds a, a public work, like how how dumb is that? Like they don't think that's going to get out? And so they hold a public workout, and then now more more positives are coming out later. So obviously it was spread at the workout. And it, they have to do something. Because they can't just keep rescheduling every game. There has to be some sort of like consequence. Otherwise, it'll just keep happening. The problem yeah. is, so, okay, they make them forfeit this game. Well, then what do the Steelers say? They're like, well, what about us? Why don't we just get the forfeit? We had our whole schedule worked around. So it's such a slippery slope with the forfeit. That's why I don't think I really don't. 
Yeah, I really don't know how else to punish them. It's almost like they have to be harder on the first one. First guy has to be punished the worst so that there's no followers. And I think but, I think draft picks, money, yeah. uh, and all that's in play. You suspend players who who were at the practice, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like anyone I there mean, is out, but I don't know if they have a who knows if they have accurate list, but yeah, if they I have mean, that, then yeah. I think somebody said Tannehill was there. I didn't read the article. I'll be honest with you. I just was like, uh, I just like rolled my eyes. Well, like, oh, well, Tannehill's excuse was that, you know, they they can't go that long or they're getting out of shape and he has to be throwing the ball. I'm like, you're NFL athletes. You can't go one week without being around each other and just working out separately. Like that it was a very weak excuse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems pretty silly. Um, and yeah, you brought up the Gilmore situation and, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting on more tests from the, the Patriots again, <laughs> But, you know, who knows if this was just like, you know, everything I'm understanding about the the disease, obviously, is that you can have it for like four or five days and it won't pop up on tests. So it's very possible that these guys had it on Sunday, even Saturday, Friday, Saturday last week, and they were able to play Monday and now it's popping up on Tuesday. So who knows, right? Like there's so many people on that team that could have it and it might just not pop up for like a few days. That's why it's so scary. That's why they got to shut down the operations of that team and just not let them practice and stuff, but they could pull the Titans. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's there's no right way to handle it. Just like there's no right way to handle your fantasy leagues about it all. I mean, when it was, do you let someone name the possible replacement player? The money doesn't happen, but is that different than an injury replacement? It is. So, so I did do that. I will say I I saw, I saw that tweet, that idea pop up on Twitter, um, late last week. And I was like, that I, I agreed with it because it is different than like a Monday night injury thing. Like everybody deals with those every year. Right. And that's just, the name of the game. COVID's so different, man. Like yeah. it just like you know, one player knocks out an entire team. That's not right. Po- you know, and it possibly knocks out an entire team. Like, it, like what? It just seemed wrong to like s- give somebody a zero because, like, especially when you're talking about like Pat Mahomes and like Kelsey and like these big time players, right? You're like, uh, they were like first four round picks right yeah <laughs> seriously like i'm gonna lose them to covid like that seems silly so you know i i run six different leagues and i said look if you want to play your kansas city or your patriots players you can leave them in your lineup but you must submit to me the replacement player before 1 p.m sunday on a public forum somewhere so either right. within it has to be public or, for sure or within you know, slack for some of my leagues. Um, and so thankfully I didn't have to use it, but, and I, and I'll be honest with you. Some people didn't even bother sending me replacement players. I was like, I was very shocked. I was like, ah, okay. So you're just gonna, you're gonna roll with it. (laughs) I was like, you'll get a zero if you have them in and they don't play. Cause I'm not going to be like, Oh, you mean you have two other running backs in your team and one went for 25 and one went for five and you just wanted to play the guy who scored 25? Go figure. So Some people like, would definitely yeah. try to do that. Yeah, of course. So I was like, it has to be before the game starts. And I'm okay with that. The problem is, is like, you know, if it just keeps happening week after week after week, you know, I expanded rosters in some league. I expanded IR in most, in every league I'm in. 
But like, man, if we start getting multiple teams shut down, we're not going to have enough players. It's yeah, going to be worse gonna than be, like these like six week refund. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't even know. So, and then like when you really start thinking about it, so eventually, if they start, you know, postponing more and more games, they're going to have to start extending the season. Um, the fantasy season ends in week sixteen, no matter what. You can't extend yeah. the fantasy season. So you get hosed. Like you don't get your players. When yeah, you thought you be, were going, that's going to be tough. If they extend this, it a couple weeks, and so everyone has like three bye weeks, that's yeah. Be I mean, I just like here's the thing. Like if they had just come out in the beginning and been like, everybody's got three bye weeks. Boom. That was what we all came well, in. Been the, the right idea. But they're gonna like they're just gonna make it up as they go along. They're just gonna change to go along. That's what's gonna make it tough. And there's a couple leagues that just totally wiped out the the fee. A couple of my leagues cut it in half. I have two leagues where everybody was just like, no, we must play for all the money. And of course, those were my most expensive leagues. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Like, are you serious? This is ridiculous. So I was kind of laughing a little last week because I have in those leagues, I have no Patriots and no Chiefs. So I was like, and no Titans and no Steelers. So I was like, ha, you guys can eat this one. <laughs> but I know it's going to come back to bite me. But yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a crappy situation. It's unfortunate that we're all having to deal with this, but I mean, hopefully we can get through with it and, you know, still have a little fun playing fantasy. I, I will say this. I did baseball and I was very disinterested in a lot of my leagues. Oh, I was, I'm in a couple of those leagues and you even asked. I was like, yeah, I stopped looking at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, I, like, I donated my money. Yeah, that well, that one, that dynasty league, yeah. that well, the dynasty keeper league or whatever it is. I, I set my lineup. I made a few moves here and there. Um somehow i won again it's <laughs> so yeah. silly but like no no you know we didn't have a fee for that one um and then in the the fantasy six-pack league it's a friends and it's a friends and uh staff league that we started like eight years ago um did i don't know we didn't we didn't pay any money for that one either and i don't know it was just kind of like whatever yeah. it, it it just was like eh it wasn't a big deal to me. So football, honestly, like I'm losing interest more every time there's like a COVID news thing that comes out. I'm just kind of like, you know, I'll still do the research. I'll still do the ranking. I'll still do all that because I run the site. But my teams might not get as updated as they normally would just because I start. It's just it, it just ends up becoming too much work to like figure out, oh, which uh, third stringer from this team can I pick up today? Like, it's no fun. <laughs> yeah, my, my weekly w- waiver uh, stack run, that's definitely taking a hit as far yeah. as time. I'm not actually go- I'm not putting in all the backups backup waiver requests I'm definitely not would. either man I feel you there so and I feel like we're not alone so moving on here some other news week four back to the week four stuff couple big injuries Austin Enkler and, and Nick Chubb out for multiple weeks um Devontae Adams like Monday night was such a shit show dude yeah Devontae not good for Adams top was scratch and I I actually told a couple people to start that start Adams over their replacement. Now their replacements weren't any good. So it was kind of like, whatever I was like, yeah, you can risk losing the five points and go after Adams and hopefully he'll get you 20 type of thing. But, and Adams practicing half the week, I was like, yeah, he's going to play. Nope. (laughs) He wasn't happy about it either. And then Monday night football happens and and the Falcons, you know, Julio goes out, had halftime. At least he got you some points because Calvin Ridley got you a big old goose egg, and I lost one league by a point and a half. That's oh, brutal. that was... I went into that. Like, I 
the guy the guy I lost to had Mahomes, and he went up in the late fourth quarter after like Mahomes scrambled off, and I was like, oh whatever, I still got you. It's a point and a half. Nope, I was so tilted watching that damn. Uh, Falcons game, man. I was like, Matt Ryan just like, there was one play, one play. Ridley was open for 15 yards. Matt Ryan threw it like a seven yard, like duck. And I was like, yeah, what uh, in the hell was that? I mean, he couldn't have been any more wide open. I'm, I just have no idea what happened there. So, um, and yeah. then, sorry. Ridley's probably my most owned player. And after all the victory laps I took the first three weeks, really came back to me hard in week four. Yeah, that sucks, man. And then uh, good news for everybody but Bill O'Brien. He was fired. <laughs> I yeah. mean, let's put it this way. Nobody's not happy except for that man right there because uh, he was ruining that team. And, well, and did there, team. there's 31 GMs that are unhappy about it because they can't make yeah, trades no with them anymore. <laughs> I uh, saw a tweet from, I forget who it was, Jason Jason Moore, fancy footballers, I think is his name. He uh, he was like, man, just just imagine if he had a good wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that's that pretty was, good. That was pretty good. So I got to give him credit there. So, all right, man. Well, that's enough of the news segment. Let's let's get into this and uh, start off with our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, uh, you drinking anything tonight? So you had. Uh, uh, I got to get off the beer for a little bit, so I got a little crown and water in my tech Yeti. All right, man. That, just a splash of water with the crown. Just drink crown, but whatever. Uh, yeah, then I drink it too fast. I got I to gotta elongate it. Drink it too fast? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am drinking a uh, an other half brewery. Deluge, Double Dry Hop, Imperial IPA, 8.6%. This is a good one, man. I gave it a 4.5 on Untapped. It's uh, it's really smooth. It is it is pretty heavy because uh, it is a Double Dry Hop, but it's not a Double IPA. Um, it's just Double Dry Hop, but it's pretty heavy, um, creamy at the same time, but uh, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying this. This is my last of the batch, so I saved it for the show. All right. Uh, no guests this week, so we'll just jump right into things. So advice column, as bye weeks are starting up, we've got Green Bay and Detroit on bye this week. So the question always comes, you know, like, how do you handle bye weeks, right? You know, this isn't a bad one per se, because there's not a ton of players you're missing. And it's not, you know, six teams like we're going to get in a few weeks, which absolutely sucks. It, really what it comes down to is you had to plan ahead. You know, I never say draft knowing, you know, never draft around bye weeks. I never say that because like your, your your team is going to change so drastically in the first five weeks of the season that the the chances of you being hit, you know, hit hard by all those same bye weeks that you drafted is super unlikely. So never do that. But what I mean by planning ahead is you need depth, right? You you can't draft all the handcuffing is fine, but you can't draft like all the handcuffs for all your running backs, right? Because then you're just right. stuck. You know, you've got to draft good replacement players down the line. And that's why we have benches, right? For injuries, for bye weeks and things like that. So, you know, it's, it seems like the cop-out answer, but really that's what it is. The, the easiest way to do it is you had to plan ahead and you had to build death on your team through waiver wire, through the draft, uh, through trading, whatever it is. And, and, and honestly, like the second way to, to do this is trade, 
You know, I think that's something you brought up. So you want to touch on that one? Yeah, I mean, as far as most of it, I'm the same as you. you. You had to have done this a month ago in your draft. And even if your team's been good the first few weeks, you still have to pick up on the waiver wire so that you can replace those guys when they're on the bye week. But something that I've started to look at a little bit more, especially in leagues where only like four teams make the playoffs, so every win counts a little more, um, is when, you, when you're looking at trades, maybe not th- this early, but maybe a little in a few weeks, if you got two guys that are about equal, but one guy's already had his bye week and your guy hasn't had his bye week yet, you're basically getting a whole extra game out of him. And if there's three or four games left, that's pretty huge. So that's something you, you should factor in with your trades, though. I mean, it should have been the end-all, be-all, but if they're guy, even the guy's a couple spots below him in rankings or in projections, but you get that extra game out of him, then I think that's worth looking at for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is, I mean, look, it's inevitable somebody's just going to get hit hard with a bye week, or you're looking at your replacement guys, and you're like, eh, I mean, they're safe. They're going to get me like seven points, you know. You're looking at your opponent and you're like, I'm just going to get steamrolled this week if I put this lineup in. Go on the waiver wire, man. Seriously, you can drop some of those safe players. You know, the guys that are just, they produce, but like they're never going to have a high ceiling unless something totally fluky happens. Go out and get some of these like random waiver wire guys that could completely blow up. Um, no names come to mind right now because they're not available in my leagues. But you know there are guys out there that just in every league you're going to see a guy who's consistently in like one, two, three, maybe four points, but will have a week or two every year where it's twenty, twenty-five, like because he scores a couple touchdowns. Right? Take a chance on some of those guys, especially if the matchup is right. And I'll tell you, I've done it a few times in the past. And I've won weeks because of it. It's so crappy. Like the other guy must feel like total dog shit when I do it. Cause like, man, you just lost to like some scrub, you know, that I threw in and he just like randomly had a blow up week. But like, it's almost like playing DFS a little bit with it. It's like the salary saver guy. You're like, I'll just take a chance on him. Why not? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause last week in one of my league, someone like I hadn't really looked at it too in depth. And then I'm watching the games like, oh, he's having a huge game. And I look down and someone freaking started Rex Burkhead against me. Oh, the dude, that was two sessions. weeks I'm ago. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah, two weeks ago. I'm like, really? Rex Burkhead? He had like 10 points total in the first two weeks. And then he, he was hurt. By, he was hit by injuries. He threw in Burkhead. And that's what happened. He had like that's what ha- points. It happened to me in two won. leagues in week three. Uh, one was a Rex. DFS. One was a DFS league, actually. The, you know, the, well, actually, you're in it too. The the daily, the fancy pros, oh, daily the, fancy yeah, thing. Yeah. The guy no, who won, won week week. three had Rex Burkhead. No way. It was like a 35 point game. I was like, oh, come on. Who's that guy? Then I, I go following him. Then I go to my <laughs> dynasty league, and the guy I played started Rex Burkhead over me, and I lost by four points. I'm like, what? <laughs> I look at his bench, and I'm like. There's literally no reason why you should have actually started Rex Burkhead, yeah. but you did. And I, just I mean, made Cam, no sense. Cam had every goal line rush up until then, and then all of a sudden he got three goal line plays. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, I maybe it was the James White was out thing, but this still didn't. He's make been sense. out. Yeah, I know it didn't. It still didn't make any sense. That's crazy. Uh, oh, it's maddening sometimes. But hey, <sighs> I've done it to people. They do it to me. It's how it's how it goes. Yeah, so, it goes back. 
All right, let's jump into some weekly topics here. Our first one is a segment that uh, credit to you on the name here. You call it a breakout or break up. And so the the idea here is we're going to go through a few guys that have that have had you know a decent start to the season or like one or two kind of big games or are starting to come onto the scene here and we're going to kind of break it down and say whether or not the breakouts are going to actually happen or if this is just kind of a fluke and maybe you should try to figure out a way to break up with them, you know, probably via trade because they've got some value, right? So the first guy here I'm going to start with, and I get lots of questions about him every week on Twitter, it feels like, and it's T Higgins. Uh, he's, he's really come onto the scene here the last couple of weeks, kind of overtaken AJ Green, who's really struggling to start the year. Um, T Higgins seems to have some, some rapport with Burrow. I mean, is this for real? Like, can we trust this guy the rest of the year and he's going to just be full on breakout in year one or, or what? Uh, the targets are there. I mean, six, nine, and seven is the last three games. And like you said, there's just a chemistry there between Burrow and Higgins. And I think this is part of the whole COVID thing where these two guys, they're completely new together. Everything in the NFL is together. They're, this is all they know is this way of the NFL. As opposed to A.J. Green, whatever, 12-year veteran, Everything's different for him, especially someone like him who's always hurt. And you just don't see the explosiveness in him. And Higgins, I mean, he's off the charts athletically. Can make any catch. Like he's he's younger AJ Green, and so I, I think it's there. I think he's fully supplanted AJ Green, and he's knocking on Tyler Boyd's door, especially in the red zone. Uh, next guy I was thinking about though is Justin Herbert. He's averaging over three hundred yards a game passing. He's got six total touchdowns. He's got some really good matchups coming up. Saints, Jets, Dolphins, Jags, Raiders. But they're still the tie rod, and do they have to start him when he's healthy again because of the lawsuit thing? What do you think? Are you thinking he's worth hanging on to? Um, so, in my opinion, still Herbert, Herbert's still a more, more of a dynasty guy. I'm probably right. not starting him in a lot of redraft leagues right now. It's still got that rookie aura around him that I'm like, I don't like rookie quarterbacks. Um, but obviously, I mean, he's, he's been firing on all cylinders here. The yardage is crazy. The touchdowns haven't quite been there except for last week. <clears throat> I mean, I'll tell you this, this offense, he is surprising me. The offense is running way better under him than Tyrod. And <clears throat> I, I don't really see how they switch back to Tyrod once he comes back. Unless Herbert just starts com- like crashing down the earth, so I mean, I think the breakout could be for real here. Is it startable? I think it's more of a streamable play in in redraft leagues. You know, he's the only guys, in my opinion, for quarterbacks that aren't streamable. You know, in the stream area, are guys like Mahomes, Lamar still there? In my opinion, Josh Allen's there. Obviously, Russ. Uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers has come back into that category because he's like really just been like F you to everybody this year. Um, <clears throat> but almost everybody else, maybe Dak. So there's like six guys. After that, like you can legit find reasons to sit everybody. They're going to have a bad matchup and everybody's not everybody's matchup proof, except for right. those like five or six guys, in my opinion. And Herbert's the same way. I mean, Kansas City, you're going to be playing from behind, so obviously the passing yards were there. Carolina, the team's trash, but so fine, he got a lot of yards there. Tampa Bay was just a complete shootout. What happens when he plays in like a 17-14 type 
drag out game because the Chargers defense is still pretty solid, right? You're gonna ha- you're gonna get those eventually with that team. You know they're gonna play the Denver Broncos and it's just gonna be ugly, right? right. <laughs> just, so let's see what happens there. Um, you know Tampa does have a pretty solid defense, so I was kind of surprised to see him do what he yeah. did. Um, went toe for toe, went toe to toe with Tom Brady. I will say that. So congrats to him, man. That was a hell of a game to watch. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with the breakout, but I mean, as far as fantasy value, like if somebody really wants to buy him from you, take it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna get it because sure. you, you're gonna you're, you're gonna find guys that are gonna produce just like Justin Herbert. Right. So, um, next here is a guy Monday night that uh, really really won some leagues for people, and Robert Tonian, uh, three weeks in a row here. Uh, I think he has scored and obviously had the huge game. Monday night, scoring three touchdowns. What are we thinking here, man? Is this like true breakout potential here with him or uh, just kind of flashing the pain with all the injuries they've got? Well, first, we were talking about, you said some about Devontae Adams not playing. I was playing against a guy who I was up 38 on, and he all he had was Devontae Adams. He put him on IR and picked up Robert Tanyan. Oh, uh, I didn't even look at that score because I was like, oh, he's got – he can't pick up anyone that can score 40 points. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, but <laughs> oh, with, man, brutal. Yeah, that was rough. But with Tanyan, I mean, yeah, he scored three straight. Obviously, three touchdowns isn't going to happen maybe again the rest of the season. So if you can sell him at his highest point for anything worth value, I would. Um, if not, hold steady. Let's see if he can do that kind of volume. The 98 yards and six catches. See if he can do that with Adams on the field. I'm not sure if anyone can with the way Rodgers is targeting healthy Adams. So I would say hold steady maybe. But if you can sell him, I would definitely sell him for anything. Because when has is, when is Aaron Rodgers ever had a tight end that's tied in one over the whole year? Jermichael Finley? When was that? Like 2009? <laughs> so I, I'm not completely buying that he can keep it up. I think it might have just been a flash in the pan last week, and that's the best you're going to get. Speaking of flash in the pan last week, Damian Harris finally gets healthy, gets the run, gets what do you get? Seventeen carries, hundred yards in a tough game against the Chiefs. Do you think he can keep that up? If Sony Michelle comes back, you still got Burkhead, still got James White, you got Cam Newton, Voltron. Do you think he's worth anything at this point, or is he another Bill Belichick RBBC? I mean, we know the answer to that, and it's he's a running back by committee guy, but. <clears throat> Am I willing to give a chance on Harris? Like, there's got to be a guy who is just eating a roster spot, you know, just at the end of your roster. I, I grabbed him up in one league, I think. I forget which one. You know, I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, he, look, he got a lot of hype in camp. I, I'm not yeah. going to say he's going to be breakout, but he got a lot of hype in camp, and his ADP rose a lot. And then it started falling right at the end of this, right at the end of camp, because it was obviously that injury came up, and everybody's like, "Oh, wait, hold off." But I think he's talented. I just don't think breakout is ever going to be the possibility for any any New England running back outside of like James White five years ago, when he you know caught like a hundred passes or whatever it was. But that right. wasn't really a running back; that was more a receiver. Like it was just crazy. Like they just don't do it. So, uh, yeah, I. I I say if if you pick them up and somebody you know you you can break out with him pretty quickly. I, I'm not I'm not going to hold on to him. Like if he has a couple dud weeks, say bye. Um, if somebody's right. more interested in the new R, go ahead and, and take whatever you can get from him. So 
he's a breakup guy to, for me. Uh, on the other side here, let's go to the Denver Broncos, who have a lot of receiver injuries, and and Tim Patrick's really come on strong here <clears throat> the last couple of weeks in, in place of KJ Hamler and of course Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant out. It, I mean, Tim Patrick's a guy that even last year had a few flash in a pan games, and I think he's a talented guy. He's just buried on the depth chart. Um, I mean, obviously the quarterbacks like him there when he's in when he's in there. I mean, could he have a breakout year here? At I think this is going to depend on how long Brett Rippin is going to be in there because Brett Rippin obviously likes him. And this goes to the whole backup third and fourth wide receivers always going to be gel with that second quarterback because they're getting more work together. And he obviously looked his way a ton Thursday night. And Patrick does show he, he can make something happen when he gets it. He's kind of showing what we thought KJ Hamler might have in him and a little bit of court and sudden because he's got the size though. So I think he's worth keeping and hoping for the breakout and just maybe he's that guy. We've seen that plenty of times where team drafts a wide receiver early and handlers a first round pick, but then a later round pick or undrafted guy ends up outperforming him just because they yeah. want it more and, and they, they just click with the quarterback more. So I would say hang on to him. I mean, I doubt anyone would trade for him anyway just because he has no name value, but I, I think he definitely has a chance to break out still. Yeah. Uh, I just realized we have a lot of comments on the <laughs> on the YouTube feed here and I don't know why it's not letting me like respond to any of them so I'm like responding with people's names next to it it's hopefully people are following along but uh this is an interesting trade here I want to ask you about so uh John Vasayo should I trade DK and James Robinson for Ridley and Ertz DK I mean I feel now. like I want I want to get Ridley wherever I can. I know. And James Robinson's looking pretty strong, and it dude, he is. I, I wonder I how different it's going to be when Ozigbo comes back because they liked him a lot. But I, I just don't know All if it's right. going to matter enough. I mean, James Robinson has earned that spot. I feel like so. Yeah. I'm gonna go no. I mean, I mean, unless he's, I don't know. I mean, unless he's starting absolute trash at tight I was end. Say you're tight end, unless it's just a huge upgrade at tight end. Like I mean, we're we're dismissing Ert, but with no Goddard there for a bit, he's you got to factor him in. So, uh, I, if he's got nothing at tight end, I'd say yes. If he's got even a top ten guy, then I'd probably say no. I'd say even like top twelve, top fourteen guy at this point. Because yeah. once you get past like the top five, it's like they're all the same. It's all the same, true. So, yeah. So you're gonna get a few, you know, you're gonna get a few big weeks here and there. Um, uh, keep DK and Robinson. So, all right. Uh, uh, what you got? Ne- next up, we got Dalton Schultz from my Dallas Cowboys. The making my heart attack happen sooner than it ever should. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's looked on fire. He's looked like everything we we'd hoped Blake Jarin was gonna be. Uh, but the problem is, it's all based on target share. I saw. I think it was JJ Zacharyson does his percentage uh, target. Uh, table and the Cowboys are actually 25th in the league in tight end target percentage. So if the Cowboys aren't throwing 50 times, then he's not going to have enough target share to really be worth it. So do we think they're going to keep throwing that much or would it be time to sell high on him? Uh, Do they have a defense to stop them from throwing it that much? Cowboys fan, you know the answer to that? (laughs) The answer is no. Uh, I'm, I'm in on Schultz, man. Like the way the tight end 
uh, landscape kind of played out this year, it didn't really work out as well as I thought it was going to. I mean, there's still more guys than there have been in years past that you can rely on. But, you know, I thought there'd be more. But, you know, Schultz is the guy who is in this high-flying offense, is is still seeing, you know, quite a few targets. And I, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, he, he's going to be, at the end of the year, I think he's going to be a top-10 guy. And, and to me, that's a breakout for somebody who was – very unknown along, yeah. around the league. So I, I, I'm all in on him. I, I like him. I think if you have him, you got to hold on. So the last guy here is a fellow Bears fan behind the, the silent mic. Daryl Mooney, guy who he is. The Bears. <laughs> um, Daryl Mooney has, to my own denial, he has passed and, uh, Anthony Miller. I know on the uh, on on the depth chart here, and you know he saw a whopping nine targets on Sunday, caught five for fifty-two. Like he hasn't been crazy good yet, so you can't even say it's been a breakout yet for him. You know, not breakout enough that people are going to care, but like, could it be coming? Especially with Foles there, and uh, and and him just passing Miller on the depth chart. Has he for sure passed Miller? Because I mean, if I mean, you one look, game if you, with Foles. If you if you I, look I, I if you look you, but... if you look at the snap counts and the target share trends, it's going in the opposite direction for Miller, right. and it's going in than it is for for Mooney. So, yeah, he's passed him at this point. Could it switch back in any moment? Because I think Miller is talented. I just don't right. know why it's not working for him right now. Well, then let's go to is the second receiver in the Bears offense going to be something you want to start every week? Because he's not going to pass Allen Robinson, right? That's not going to happen. And Foles, he's always been efficient. He's never had high volume, right? And that's not what the Bears want to do. They don't want to get into big shootouts, right? They want to keep it in the low-scoring game. So is he worth holding on to? Yeah, because, I mean, he's probably still available in over half the leagues, I would imagine, out there. So if you do have that extra spot on these other guys we're saying to drop, I would I would pick him up as a as a specul- speculative play and see what happens. See if him and Foles just have more chemistry, maybe. So he's someone you you can uh, you can you can uh, stay on for another date or two before you break up with and just see if something might gel there with Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he's I think he's like one of those spec ad type guys that, you know, Richard likes to coin over at the Fantasy Edge podcast and over here at uh, Fantasy Six Pack. Got to promote our stuff. Stop laughing, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the other guy who I I didn't get him anywhere. I uh, just I have other guys that, you know, they're they're playing too well to, to pick up somebody like Mooney who could just fall off the face of the earth any day now so bit um, of a humble brag there oh my, my teams are playing too well i, I can't do no, not all of them the ones that i needed him <laughs> on the uh he got snatched up so the oh, ones that you. i okay. couldn't get him on are playing better <laughs> so whatever anyway let's jump over to our panic meter segment here and so we're gonna rate a guy and give the reason why on a rate a rating scale of one to ten so one being we're not worried ten being we're like we're hitting that button nonstop till somebody pays attention um first guy man and, and i threw this question out on twitter to get a few topics a few guys that people were interested in and i had them written down already and 
I think half my responses were Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. I mean, how bad has it been, man? It it was a top two round running back pick in every league. I have him in like three different leagues. I mean, you thought for sure, like, even if he wasn't as good as last year, and I don't think anybody expected that, you know, once he got to Arizona, especially with D hop there, yeah, he's going to be involved in the passing game a lot. It's non-existent for him. That's exactly um, what I have written down. It's non-existent in the passing game. It's crazy. Like, so what gives, man? Like, are do we think this is going to turn around, or are we just like we 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 out? <laughs> uh, I mean, my panic meter is at a ten just because of the cost on him. You had to spend a second round pick, and so that means you have to have him performing, and he's just not getting it done. I mean, rushing wise. The volume is at least there. I mean, he's going to have a thousand. He's on pace to have a thousand yards rushing, but touchdowns not there. He's only got one because Kyler's taking him in. Not right. And I think I think that's what's happening in the passing game. You saw it with Pat Mahomes at Tech when he was running the Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense. Is they real? You realize throwing those dump offs to the running back a lot of times. You taking off is the better option, right? Because you're 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 routes are taking the other receivers so deep that that one spy or that one linebacker can get to that back faster than he can get to you taking off. And Kyler's probably faster and a better athlete than Kenyon Drake anyway. So it just right makes up. sense for him to that's take off more than to pretty, throw it to him. And yes. so that's what I think that's what's happening. And now he's got this chest injury. If he's out at all, we saw what Chase Edmonds could do last year when he had that one start. He had like he's one of those spec ads that gets you 40 points. If he comes yeah. in and starts and shows that he can do something, then I mean he might just get benched. So I, that's a huge panic meter ten for me. Like it can't get worse. I have I only have him one league and it's a dynasty. But the problem like, is like, you can't bucks. sell him for anything right now. Yeah, that's the thing. nobody who's, wants. Who's buying, you're, who's you're buying him? Drake stock. You're holding him, hoping he pulls a mix in from last year. Yeah, or even this year. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, guess who would have been first on my list last week? Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. And then he oh, would have wow. turned around and done something. So maybe he can. Uh, next up, let's go to Michael Gallup. Go back to my Cowboys because I'm oh, a homer. I gave you all the Cowboys. I didn't even really realize it. Yeah, yeah man. it's always good, though. He's uh, he's always gotten the tougher targets, the deeper balls, the 50-50 balls. That's always just seemed to what that gives him, even though that's not all he can do. That's just the way the offense seems to run with him in it. But this year, they just seem to be focused on CD more and on those big third and fourth down plays, when they need something, they're going to CD land. It, it seems crazy. That's all, all, all they're doing. His numbers look all right, but once again, same thing as Schultz. Is this just volume dependent? Is he now gone to fourth banana even on the team? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Like, I, I, I liked Gallup coming in because I, I didn't, especially with the lack of camp and stuff, I wasn't really buying into the rookies, even though I thought Land was talented. Um, I did not expect this, not even close. And he really has taken over. You know, my panic meter with with Gallup is probably right around like six and a half, maybe seven. Like, it's not good, man. Um, It's it's one of those you've got to hope, you know, he's going to have some big games and he's already had one. Uh, I mean, targets are fine-ish, I guess. I mean, five. It's just not catching a lot of them for some reason. It's catching less than half of his passes thrown to him in, in every game, but but one. Uh, yeah, the one touchdown, obviously that's that's the big game he had. 
I don't know, man. It, it's tough. It really is tough to start him. Thankfully, in in one league where I I only got him in one league, and I thought it was like a money pick because I thought it was kind of late. And thankfully, I I drafted pretty deep at receiver, so I'm able to swap him out because I don't want to have to rely on him right now. Yeah, I don't. Until, I don't want to start. So he shows right consistency. Now. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm the so, same as you. I got I got him about a six. I I think it's going to be the CD show. More often than not, going for even more than Cooper. Cooper had a big game Sunday, but I think it's going to be going through CD more often than not. Yeah, man. Um, so a, a backfield in general, and I'll start with the main guy or who we thought was the main guy, and that's Mark Ingram. But that whole backfield, that whole Ravens backfield, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, I don't think you're really panicking on Gus Edwards because nobody cared about Gus Edwards until week two. And you still don't really, but he seems to be around and just annoying everybody who has Ingram and Dobbins. So, I mean, just in general, this backfield, like Ingram, if you took a late chance on Dobbins, what's your your thoughts here with these guys? Uh, I mean, my thought is the guy that no one cares about is the most efficient. Gus (laughs) Edwards, he has less attempts than Ingram, but more than Dobbins, but he has more yards than both of them. Dude's averaging 6.2 yards per carry, and I think going into the year, I forgot the exact stat now that I remembered it, but it's some stat like your first two years in the league to have like five yards per carry with so many carries. It's like him and like Barry Sanders or something. like. It's the craziest stat ever. Then you see Gus Edwards is in it. The dude has just always been efficient, and he's still always going to be there. But they still they put a lot of draft capital in J.K. Dobbins. Mike Ingram, he still doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's like he's been just terrible. He's still having four and a half yards to carry. It's, I think it's just going to be hot hand. And then that hot hand also has to try to steal away the, the short goal line plays from Lamar Jackson. So good luck trusting any one of those guys to start, really. I mean, it just reminds me, we'll go probably get to it later, but the same as the Rams backfield. Yeah. You got three guys. Three guys, you got a rookie they spent a lot in, you got a guy that's kind of been there for a couple of years, but then good. Then an older guy, it's it, there's no winning. It's not and like someone's gonna have a good game each week, but which one's it gonna be? Well, and, and like last week, everybody was like, Oh, all right, Henderson's this is his job. He finally did it. Like yeah. he had a couple good games in a row. And then what they do, they gave Malcolm Brown more touches. It was like, What? Yeah. And, and he then, wasn't even that good with it. It was like, What the hell? So it and made Cam no Akers sense. was drafted five rounds ahead of both of them all, all preseason, so and he's just now healthy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's crazy, man. That the Rams yeah. backfield is is pissing me off. I, I took a chance on Acres, thinking he was going to be the man there because Henderson and Brown both did very little with their chances in season past, and now it's like they're completely different ball carriers. Now it's like I I don't understand where this came from. And, of course, Akers' injury didn't help, but he's coming back this week, so it's just going to be even more of a mess. So good luck with that one if you've got any shares of it. Yeah, I'm definitely – I'm a nine on the on both those backfields of panic meter just because – maybe not a ten just because they're not as drafted highly, but I'm definitely worried about being able to start any of them going forward. But let's get to a guy that we thought would be an every week starter, and that's Deshaun Watson. But like you said, Bill O'Brien is now gone. And Romeo Cornell taking over. And while he's a defensive coach, when he's been a head coach six different seasons, he's averaged 22nd in pass attempts, never in the top 15. His points per game, 32nd, 30th, 8th, 30th, 31st, 32nd. 
So, yeah, he's a defensive coach, but that's when he's the head coach. You see the, the style of play that he is going to want to happen. That's a defensive-minded, slow play, slow the game down. So how worried are you about Deshaun Watson going forward? Uh, I mean, I probably put about a five. I think Watson's still going to, you know, he still has had some pretty good gains fantasy-wise. I think NFL quarterback-wise, he's going to have a really bad year for him. Like, it's not going to be efficient. It's going to look ugly. They're not going to win a lot of games. There's going to be a lot of question marks. I don't know how much of it you can really blame on Watson, though. Let's be real. Watson's a baller. Watson's a baller. We know it. He's got no receivers. Yeah, like, yeah, he's got three. He's got two, I'd say two B receivers and like three C receivers. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, come on, they traded D Hop, who's arguably one of the best in the game. Like, come on. And and then he gave him David Johnson, who is who runs like a 40 year old sometimes. Like, yeah. no. And not a Carlos Hyde 40 year old. Like, he runs like, <laughs> he runs like a 40 year old who shouldn't be in the game anymore. It's bad, man. Right. So it's just one of those like, Panic wise, I'm at a five because I think he's going to be in that like streamable range where he's, but he's not that must start guy anymore. So that's why it's a five because you, and you probably spent a pretty hefty pick on him. I know in, in the contract league that we're in, man, I spent 200 bucks on him. Oh, yeah. Ah, brutal, dude. Brutal. Like, I'm not happy about that. So. Uh, I'd be happy to dump that if anybody wants it. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm allowed to make moves. I'm over cap with no uh, FAB, so I'm kind of <laughs> giving up making yeah. moves in that one. All right. Go all in, man. <laughs> You're doing well in that league. I'm not. Uh, last week, finally, I had a good week. but yeah. All right, so over to some another receiver here, and we mentioned him a little earlier. But A.J. Green, not playing well, coming off, you know, multiple years of injuries so far, you know, in the last couple of years. This doesn't look right, man, but what, what's your thoughts? Uh, I got a 10 on this one, too. I mean, we already talked about Higgins. A.J. Green has less yards than Higgins, but he's got 50% more targets. So why would we keep throwing him the ball without that? He's got no touchdowns. He's got no explosiveness or highlight reel catches like we're used to seeing from the old A.J. Green. He's just always been this figment of, oh, if he don't get healthy, if he don't get healthy. Well, I think he's healthy, and this is just what he is now. And that's just not a fantasy-relevant person. He's the third option in a rookie-led quarterback offense, so a rookie quarterback-led offense. So I, I got him at 10, and if you can get anything for him, get something for him now. Yeah, it's only going to get worse. He's... Almost in that droppable range, man. Like it feels oh, yeah. weird to say drop Adrian Green. Same thing, and I meant to say it when we were talking about Mark Ingram and, and Dobbins. Like, oh yeah, I'm ready to like jump ship. I've got him in Scott. I've got Ingram and Scott Fishbowl, and <laughs> I haven't like, started the last two weeks and can't. He's getting six even carries if, a game. You need multiple injuries for oh, well, actually, I did start, this guy to actually, start. I did. I did. I did start him last week because. Somebody got hurt, and I was like, "Well, I guess I got to go back to Ingram." <laughs> oh yeah, forget who forget it was. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody got hurt, and I was just like, "Or maybe it was like COVID thing," and I was like, "Well, now I'm out of options." Yeah, so look how I that worked out. Threw back in any scores, so it was okay, but it still wasn't a great game, honestly. Like, yeah. Ingram was just rolling last year. I don't understand this like complete split backfield thing. It's it's. Just not great. It's not great. I think like with three with running backs, I feel like you've got to give these guys 
work. I mean, they get into a groove, and then you take them out, and they're like, well, now what? They get cold, yeah, and they then you can put them back and, in. Right. I think running backs need the work. I mean, you can't keep bringing them in. Like, one or two guys, but three, this just seems a lot. seems too yeah, much. too many. All right, next up, we have another receiver, Mr. T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. Fun facts about T.Y. Hilton. He hasn't been higher than wide receiver 10 since week one of 2019. And he hasn't had more than 87 receiving yards. 87, not that much. 87 yards since week 15 of 2018 when Andrew Luck was still throwing the ball. So how are we feeling about T.Y. Hilton out there in Indy? <laughs> and yeah, bye 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 um philip rivers has a noodle arm dude he can't throw yeah. deep and that is not hilton's hilton's game like yeah sure he'll cut across the field and make some slants and stuff like that but hilton's game the last few years when he was finishing in the top 10 was catching like one or two deep balls a game and getting you lots of yards maybe a touchdown maybe two that's what he was doing yeah dude any owners are praying that they go back to uh, 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 the Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Brissett. Thank you. Like, because at least Brissett sucked, but at least he was like just chucking it out of the field. But the problem is, is Indy's winning games. They don't care. Yeah, They're you remember games. when? Remember when we thought the worst thing to say about T.Y. Hilton was he was boomer bust and like he would have too many boomer bust weeks. Well, the other's not even boom weeks. No, just okay, it's not going to happen. He used to like, have those big 200-yard, two-touchdown games. Now he can't even get 90 yards. So, yeah, he's droppable, 100% droppable to me. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, and that's why everybody loves Campbell because Campbell's right. that, like, short, that Keenan Allen type guy, right? He's a short, fast, you know, catch the ball. That's what Rivers likes. He likes to check down to the tight ends, like check down to his receiver, his running backs. Rivers has not been, I'm going to throw it down the field for a long time. That's why Mike yeah. Williams didn't thrive in San Diego really as much as he probably should have. And now Williams is just dealing with tons of injuries and just can't stay healthy. So, yeah. And I'm going to give you one. It's in a, let's take injury out of it, maybe. I don't know if it's possible, but Julio Jones, this was asked, and I thought it was interesting. Julio Jones, when he's on the field this year, has been, except for last week. <laughs> clearly passed by Calvin Ridley as far as production wise. Maybe it's maybe it is injury because he kind of left camp and started the season with a little bit of a hamstring, but he is not looking good. I mean, it's just this he's turned over the 30 leaf and it's downhill from here or we thinking Julio is going to bounce back here once he's back on the field. Uh, I'm a three on Julio on my panic okay. meter. <clears throat> I'm not as worried uh, with one condition, I think he needs to sit out another game. Just completely sit out a week, sit out the game. I, I'm, I don't know if they're going to do it this week. I was hoping they would because I'm a high high uh, ownership rate of Julio. But I think he just needs to, to get fully right and not try to fight through because the dude's tough. He's always going to try to fight yeah, through. Yeah, he, he has does. Many games. He, he had an injury stigma, but he really just fights through mostly injuries. And I think if he can get fully right, He'll be fine. Well, has Ridley passed him? I think so. Yeah, that's very easy to say, although Ridley had zero catches Sunday night. But I, I think you can't – there's no reason to move on from Julio at this point because the value you get from him is not going to be what he can still give you if he gets right. So I, I would hang tight on Julio for sure. 
Yeah, I'm obviously not dropping Julio, but you, you, the worry the worry meter is climbing for him. You know, as we see less and less productive games from him, it'll be interesting next year to see like if he has like a really bad year, especially if it's like all hamstring related, to see him like drop to like the fifth round. How many people are just yeah. going to gobble that up? Be like, thank I'll you. Like I will too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he and I won't have any pass if I can get Julio on the fifth go. round. I'm, I'm getting him. Never league. I will not. I won't have any Ridley because Ridley going like round two. I'll be like, nope. <laughs> right, for sure. All right, let's rifle through some injuries here. Excuse me, that's the beer talking. All right, so, so injuries here, guys. We know are out. Obviously, Eckler out, grade two hamstring strain out. I think it was like four to six weeks. Uh, Nick Chubb is out with a knee injury. I actually haven't seen exactly what the injury is for some reason. I haven't either. Have seen what that is? Just chugging some water or maybe that's some vodka. I don't know. Okay, MCL. Uh, Chris Godwin out with a hamstring this week. OJ Howard on IR with an Achilles. Not a huge injury per se for like fantasy wise, but it does have implications for that team. You know, with with Gronk and you know, big great stuff like that. So that's that that is interesting there. <clears throat> uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold will not start this this Sunday due to an AC strain sprain. I think is what I meant to say. I don't know why I wrote strain. Um, <clears throat> so we're gonna see good old Joe Flacco. Oh yes, <laughs> it's gonna Woo-hoo. be awesome. I know. I'm excited, man. The Jets were already awesome. Let's let's put in some Joe Flacco to that. Cam Newton, they haven't ruled him out yet, but I mean, I'm hearing about all the things he has to pass to get back on the field, and it just seems super unlikely. I mean, you got to have two negative tests within a 24-hour period or something crazy like that. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that happens if you've tested positive for COVID, you know, within the last what eight days or whatever it is that he's had it, not even that long. So. I'm guessing Cam Newton is out. Uh, over to running backs, we got Leonard Fournette doubtful with an ankle, so roll roll out that Rojo. Maybe pick up some Keyshawn Vaughn for desperation plays. Uh, Cam Akers is questionable with a rib injury, but it looking like he's going to return as we mentioned before. Le'Veon Bell still in the IR, but I, I keep reading how they're targeting him to return this week. He's designated to return, but I keep hearing that they're like thinking he actually is going to return this week. So um, that's that's an interesting one. And, and, and Michael, the one thing I want to ask you is, what do we think about Left Bell with Flacco in there? I mean, does it change anything for you? Or is it still out Well, of okay. Well, first of all, let me go ahead and give you a, a preview of Tomlin's tips this week. How many more times are we going to get to bet against Joe Flacco? I mean, you've <laughs> got to take every opportunity you get. So the Cardinals will be one of my best bets. Uh, however, I do think that... Flacco can help Le'Veon Bell because if you look at Flacco, like for some reason, I always kind of had a thought that you know he got some decent yardage those years. He actually never averaged 270 yards a game over a full season. But the one thing he was good at was he made the right reads at the line for his running backs. The dude did check at the line a lot, and there's just some guys that can do that, like the Big Ben, the Rogers, the Rivers, the Brady. No matter what back you put back there, they can make him productive. productive and you think every back that started for with Flacco was productive and I think that can help Le'Veon Bell and kind of give him more of a big bend up there that knows what he's looking at instead of a young kid like Sam Darnold who was just kind of running whatever play was called so uh, yeah. I think that could help Bell 
And I think Darnold likes to try to throw it downfield a little more than DeBell, right. but I also think Gase hates Le'Veon Bell and tries to game plan around <laughs> him for some dumb reason. Like, hey, I have arguably one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL. Even if it was a team-specific type of thing that got him all that production, still think you have to be at least somewhat talented to do what he did. So, whatever. Anyway, Philip Lindsay, questionable with a toe, is also expected to return this week. Raheem Mostert, questionable knee sprain. He also hopes to play, which will kill all the value for uh, uh, Wilson there. And I think McKinnon will still be okay, but obviously he gets dropped a notch. Uh, and then Zach Moss is questionable with a toe. I haven't seen an update. I did these this morning, so I didn't get like the practice notes for today to see if Zach Moss practiced or not. I know he did not on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, lead the way with the receivers, man. All right, so receivers, we got Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, both questionable, but looks like both are probably going to play. If one of them does and one of them doesn't, the other becomes a must-start in a daily fantasy with Godwin and the other one out. I think Miller's still worth it this week um, if, if he goes. Uh, Devonta Adams, he's practicing again. I mean, he practiced last week, so uh, he's looking like he's going to play this week. Solis is questionable, though. Julio is questionable. Uh, he was limited, I think I saw today. Like I said, I hope they just sit him out, but I'm sure they'll just play him because, what are they, one and three? Uh, Michael Thomas, I thought he was going to play last week. I think he's for sure going to play this week. They got to have him back. And then uh, Henry Ruggs and Brian Ed- Edwards, both for the Raiders. It looked like Brian Edwards did not practice today, so he might not be a go. But Henry Ruggs did return to practice. But it's still up in the air whether he actually play, although I think he will. Uh, K.J. Hamler for the Broncos. He was a no-go at practice today. He's actually already ruled out. Oh, yeah, I, I wrote these out. earlier, and then I saw later they were ruled uh, out. So sorry, I forgot to update oh, okay, that. Sorry. Yeah, and then Deshaun Jackson. Looks like he was limited in practice. If he plays, who even cares? Who wants to care about Sean Jackson? Because <laughs> he'll hurt his hamstring on the third play again. Because that's exactly along with yeah. everybody else at the Eagles play. For real, um, Jordan Atkins is questionable with concussion. We'll see if he can get through concussion protocol. Gronk, no way, questionable with the injury. Once again, who does anyone even own Gronk on the roster anymore? I'm curious. Scaffold, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Oh, that's yes. Yeah, oh, dude. Insider it, info. The Bears fan says that we got to play Gronk. Maybe I'll throw him in a daily lineup. Fair enough. Good to know. Yeah, don't talk about that Scott Fishbowl. I've I, I I've uh, uh, blocked that from my mind. <laughs> Since I was excommunicated because I disagreed with the uh, – the uh, emperor of the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Dalton Schultz, questionable with thigh injury, but he's good, he's good to go. He's going to play. They're just limiting him. Yeah. All right. So let's finish things up here. We have our week five picks. And I know you've done this before, but just to remind everybody listening, we do quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, sleepers, uh, a quarterback higher then 15 on the Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings list as of probably mid-afternoon uh, today. So, Michael, who you got? 
Uh, I'm going Daniel Jones here. I mean, have you seen the Cowboys defense? <laughs> They've given up at least or an average of four and 30 yards a game and 36 and a half points. He's going to get to air it out. I don't care who he's throwing to. They're going to get open. I can go out there and I'm going to get open on the Cowboys defense. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it, man. Everybody's been able to roll on the on the Cowboys defense. Uh, mine's going to be Justin Herbert. And, you know, I just talked about how he's like a streamable quarterback. And it's weird because New Orleans is 11th in DVOA pass defense, but they've allowed the seventh most quarterback points. So it's something's a little off. Like I know DVOA does, you know, they, they adjust and, and things like that. So it's kind of like balanced, you know, uh, schedule or whatever. But until New Orleans can actually stop somebody, like I'm just going to roll quarterbacks out against them. And Herbert's been pretty matchup proof so far so i'm going i'm just gonna roll with him if i if does dvoa take into account the opposing quarterbacks value right so like if they're going against a good quarterback who puts up good numbers it's not as bad right isn't that part of it or is that am i getting that incorrect no i'm pretty sure yeah, it's been a long time since i've looked at the actual like full Sorry, the sidetrack DVOA. uh it if, uh, football outsiders uh made this so I'll give them all credit to this so they um <clears throat> they it has something to do where like it's basically like it, you know if everybody played like league average teams so they'd be that they'd be that good but okay you, you don't so that's kind of what I'm saying because they've played Rogers Stafford and Brady so I'm thinking, wonder if that's why their DVOA is that much better, but that still doesn't make up that big of a gap. Yeah, no, I mean they've just been they've been pretty they've been crushed. So uh, I'll roll out Herbert. I mean, who has yeah, done like it against it. some pretty good defenses so far? So all right, running backs. Anybody higher than 24 as a sleeper? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Ernest Johnson. Uh, he came in after Chubb went down, and he actually got more carries than Hunt. He had 13 carries. Hunt only had 11. I think people were hoping that Hunt would just become this top five back, me included. But I think they're going to kind of they're going to give Hunt more work. But I think they don't want to overload him. And man, that DeAndre Johnson kid—he runs like someone who's had it all taken away before because he has. He was playing in the AFL, whatever that was called. But he just has a reckless abandon. I like the way he runs. Yeah, I liked that pick, um, and I would have done it myself. But I saw you wrote it down first, so I went yes. another way and. And I feel like his ECR is going to rise. I was actually shocked to see him outside of the 24, but Josh Kelly, San Diego, um, no Eckler. I mean, I don't know how. What? Uh. Oh, whatever. Chargers. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, LA. I did say San Diego. Uh, I'm being called a jerk by my producer. Thank you. Love you, Jeff. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got Joshua Kelly. I mean, look, he's going to see... I mean, the uptick in touches is inevitable. Like, there's no way. Like, he wasn't very good last week when Eckler went down. But, I mean, we've seen Kelly perform already. So, I don't I, I don't deny that he can, do, you know, he can do it without Eckler there. So, all right, receivers. Anybody greater than 36? What you got? I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. He had his first action last week. He was eased in, just had one rush, a few targets. But he, he looked explosive, and he's back to his normal self. I mean, they held him out two weeks longer than the initial diagnosis. So, I mean, they took their time. They didn't rush him back. 
and all their backs are a little hurt. So he's probably their best option. And with the backup quarterback probably still in, they're going to want to use him on the short and the gadget plays and stuff, try to get the offense going. Yeah, I uh, Debo's a good one there for sure. I'm going with Tim Patrick, somebody we, we commented on earlier. And, man, it's crazy. Like, New England's got a real good defense still, but they're shockingly bad against the pass this year. 28th in DVOA and 25th most pass points or points against. And they're going to be without Gilmore. I mean, that is no doubt yeah. they will be without Gilmore. If the game gets played, there is no Gilmore. So Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler's already out. So it's him and Jerry Judy. I'm not sure about Fant. I forgot to write him on the tight end. I, I, I freaking missed him on the injury. Yeah, so Jeff's just updating me. He did not practice, so I apologize for that. I, I was thinking about him earlier and don't know how I missed him on the injury report. So, yeah, so, I mean, Tim Patrick could just eat again, right? I mean, pretty easily here. Yeah, so I, 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 I like that matchup I completely forgot Gilmore being out. So, yeah, that's a Right, I mean, actually. I just was like, all right. So, all right, let's do our plus here. In. Uh, quarterbacks, anything within the top 12? I'm going to go back to Deshaun Watson Yeah, a lot because what I said earlier, but man, just that first week without O'Brien, who's more of an offensive guy, like everything's going to change. That's going to be a tough week for him. He's got a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from him. You wonder if they'll actually, I mean, they might actually have a better game plan and maybe not botch like timing and timeouts. And well, okay. Stuff. I didn't say earlier. <laughs> Think about Bill O'Brien though. So Bill O'Brien, he's been a coach. He's been their coach five years. He's got four division titles. So Belichick has five in the five years. Bill O'Brien and Andy Reid have four. Peyton has three. Every other coach in the league, no one else has more than, th- more than two. So Bill O'Brien has twice as many division titles in the last five years, it, more than anyone else in the league except Peyton, Belichick, and Reid. And those three guys have Super Bowl. So the, on the field, he actually wasn't that bad of a coach until this season around four. It's just I think his general managerness takes yes. away from – his actual on field coachingness. They had, just never should have made him the general manager. He had superior talent and he couldn't do enough with it. And then he traded half of it away this year. Yeah, like, yeah oh, it didn't make job. sense. All right. So mine's Matt Ryan. And it's only because I sort of hate Matt Ryan after what he did with me with Calvin Ridley. So <laughs> um, I just don't like him. And uh, what he did back in, I don't even want to mention the year because I don't like it. What he did with me with the Hokies. Oh, so, yeah. uh, Matt Ryan, I, I've always hated Matt Ryan. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff just giving me looks tonight. You're funny. <laughs> All right. Anybody within the top 20 for running backs? This one uh, I'm going to go right back to Kenyon Drake. I, I don't like anything about his situation. I, I'm not starting any. I mean, you have to kind of start him if you haven't season long, because I doubt you have a better option. But I'm not playing him any DraftKings or anything like that. I can promise you that. Yeah. It's hard to pick the you know the bus running backs because you're probably starting these guys anyway and just hoping that we're wrong. Right. I am hoping I'm wrong because I've got him in a couple spots. And it's Josh Jacobs. He hasn't been stellar after week one, man. I mean, it's not looking great. Maybe that hip is worse than they're leading on and they're just having him play through it. Um, you know, teams are targeting on him without rugs. So hopefully rugs possibly coming back this week will help out a ton. I don't know, man. You know, I did have a second one, and it was Clyde Edwards. Is it Elair or Hilair, by the way? Because every announcer says Elair. Is it? I think it's Elair, yeah. 
I thought it was hilarious too. Thank you, Jeff. All the announcers say Elair, and they like super enunciate. They're like Clyde Edwards, Elair, and I'm like, God, stop it! I want to mute you right now. Well, since uh, you brought him up, what happened to all the victory laps on? Like I know, right? Top five running back and stuff. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it has a top twelve performance yet through four weeks. Uh, but everyone would say everyone thought they were like, so great after week one. I love well, it because. You remember I, after that first no, game, I do know. everyone was I, like, oh, he's the greatest thing ever. Blah, blah, blah. He wasn't even a top 10 back that week. And then since then, he hasn't been one. So I, why why was he worth the top five pick? I, I do. I I love it. Um, I mean, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> but it's, it's he's still being ranked in the top 10 every week. And you're like, eh, really? Okay. I mean, I get yeah. it. Eventually, he's gonna have that like this disgustingly good game. Oh and yeah, for go, sure. See, I told you. I told you. <laughs> you need to draft the first overall. <laughs> All right, inside the top twenty-four for receivers. I gotta go against your team here, the Washington professional professional football team. Terry McLaurin. Team anymore, man. I don't uh, root for them. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I forgot. You're, I'm you're out. Done with that. I'm out. You're out. Uh, I'm gonna go with Terry McLaurin. Fun. Uh, Jalen Ramsey probably won't shadow him, but he's going to be often more off, more on. He's going to be on him more often than not, and he has been kind of following the team's other receiver on the biggest downs. Uh, Rams only giving up the the fifth fewest fantasy points wide receivers, and he's got Kyle Allen throwing him the ball, who you know only had a thirty seven percent drop in DJ Moore's production last year when Kyle Allen was throwing him the ball. Yeah, DJ. DJ Moore was still okay, though, even with Allen there. But I don't know. That's an interesting one to me. I, I will be. It was, he had 18.57 without him, 11.7 with him. Ouch. Yeah, I realize that. I'd love to see the game logs there to see if it was like just boomer bust games. Because I feel like he still, I had him last year, and he. Did, I feel like he still did like mostly okay. Maybe it was just yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it terrible, super dud but... games. Um, mine's OBJ, and uh, I know. Beckham had that massive week last week against. He <laughs> loves to just crush the Cowboys, though. It doesn't matter. But look at the place. A reverse pass and I a know. reverse touchdown run. That's yeah. not even normal. Like, that's not going to happen again. No. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. going against Indy, who is yeah. shockingly the best team and the, the best defense in the league this year. Like, they are just destroying people. So, yeah. good luck. Cleveland. I'm off of this team right now. <laughs> I'm ignoring you, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know if everyone good luck, good luck picking running backs outside of the top 24, Jeff, to be good plays. <laughs> anyway, um, tight end streamers. So we pick off of the Yahoo uh, ownership percentage. Anything forty percent or less, and I'm starting to realize I need to raise this because it's getting real bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, Browns giving up fifth Probably. most points to tight ends. He's got touchdowns in back to back games, and he's catching basically everything thrown his way. Eighty five percent of his targets. Yeah, I mean, low, low target share, but he's getting the job done when it matters. So, you know, it's it's a fine streamer play there for sure. I'm going Logan Thomas and just hoping that Allen can, you know, turn him into something. You know, he has the sixth most tight end targets this season. That's crazy. 
I would yeah. have never guessed that. Like I saw it and was like, what? That's not real. <laughs> I didn't look it up like three different places to make sure that it was all right. I mean, hopefully Allen can turn that into something better than what it has been outside of week one, right? It's just been kind of bleh since. So I'm going Logan Thomas if he's out there and you're desperate for some tight end work. Um, defense, same thing, 40% or less owned. So I am going to go with the Texans here. Uh, the Jaguars are getting up the nice mo- points of defenses, and that news story broke that J.J. Watt and Bill O'Brien had gotten into a heated argument. Uh-huh. And if you know anything about J.J. Watt, he likes to prove people wrong. So you know he's going to have his boys ready to rally to show up B.O.B. the week after he's gone and show that, oh, he was the problem, not us. Or maybe the schedule was super hard, too, but no one likes to talk about that. But I think they're going to show up and probably give Minshew a really bad day. Interesting. I, I do like that. And that actually would have been my pick. because uh, under you again. And, and this is where this is where I was like, I think I need to raise the ownership percentage because forty percent or less is like the dog you know what pile of defenses every week. So and there haven't even been good like streaming matchups for those guys because you just, they're just all terrible. Uh I mean you would have thought like Dallas would have been a good streaming because they're playing the Giants, but you're like no. Yeah. I can't even say it. No, it's been terrible. So I'll take Miami. I mean, they're playing San Fran where you're looking at it. You're like, they're not, you know, they're going to get probably smashed. But you would have thought the same thing with the Eagles last week. And without Jimmy G, like the defense, I mean, the San Fran offense didn't do anything. So maybe they're not going to do anything this week. I mean, I don't know. They, had a pretty good week against the Jags, so maybe they can replicate that again. I don't know. Again, it's a very desperate play. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. there are better defenses available in your league. I'm I'm probably gonna raise this up to like fifty five or sixty percent soon because it's it's really bad. <laughs> I feel like the the streamable players available in most leagues are is maybe higher percentage than that. I I gotta go do some more research on that. Um. All right, well, that is all we've got, Michael. Before we go, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, thanks for having me anytime you need me absolutely man enjoy having you here uh let everybody know where they can find you on twitter and stuff i am at tomlin three t-o-m-l-i-n three and i got the weekly tomlin tips betting column usually pops off friday morning absolutely that's pretty good last week i think i went uh three and one not counting my patriots bet because I'd, I'd made it before cam newton was out uh yeah that doesn't count that sucks yeah. though can't yeah. do anything about those so all right Thank you for coming on, and uh, good luck to everybody in week five. Hopefully, we have a a negative test week the rest of the way so we can just play football. I'm tired of all of this already. So, good night, everyone, and uh, talk to you later.